RNZ National Friday afternoon means time for Critter of the Week. And I'm joined by Forest and Bird CEO Nicola Tuki. Hello there. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, mate. You've been cheating on us with Morning Report. Yeah, and the detail. Oh, come on. The... Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard you Monday morning on the way to work and um, you were sounding great too. Not surprised the news shows were interested really with the announcement of your Bird of the Century competition over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because New Zealanders, as we all know, have quite the love affair with Bird of the Year. Yeah, uh, We've upped the ante this year because, you know, it's our centennial, just by the by. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because we're 100 years old, we decided to have Bird of the Century, which is great because, um, you know, that just that takes it – all the way up to 11 in terms of people's excitement. Uh, <laughs> and and, and qualifies some new birds um, for consideration. Yes, it does. So what we've done this year is that there are 75 birds as candidates, and I encourage you all to go and have a look at our Bird of the Year website, um, which is all about Bird of the Century. Uh, and we've added five kind of poignant reminders of what we've lost and how recently we've lost it. So we've added the Matuhituhi or bush wren, the tutukiwi or South Island snipe, the huia, the peel peel or the native thrush, and the feko, the laughing owl, all of which uh, have records within the last 100 years. It's a fine print. It's kind of like, what's that? The fine print. All of which have been reasonably convincingly spotted in the last 100 years. Relatively, we reckon. <laughs> For example, <laughs> the laughing owl, last confirmed record of the laughing owl, a dead specimen in 1914. However, people thought that they could still hear it well into the 30s. Yeah, and I suspect that my staff occasionally think that they can hear one um, <laughs> when I'm in the office yeah. <laughs> because the maniacal laugh uh, seems to resonate quite a lot. Actually, funny aside, so we've had lots and lots and lots of really lovely positive feedback about endangered species Aotearoa, right? Mm. And the other day I found my first piece of not great feedback about my annoying laugh. Oh. Well, no, I thought fair enough. This I is you on the TV show. It's, it's a funny thing because, and, and um, I'm sure you've talked about this at your end as well, but you aren't doing it for the people who've spent their life in the bush and know everything there is to know about New Zealand's ecology. You're doing it for people who have a passing interest or maybe no interest. You're, it's a, you've made it an entertaining TV show to bring in as many people as possible. And I think people who are, you know, real hardcore might think, oh, they're being a bit frivolous, being a bit frivolous about this very important, serious topic. Oh, we've had a little bit of that, but do you know what? My day was made, my week was made yesterday by a countdown truck driver called Alistair, who I <laughs> ran into in the um, in the petrol station where tradies wait quietly for their um for their uh coffees, you know? Yeah. And everyone's in fluoro. <laughs> and a and a, a voice next to me and I was waiting for a coffee and a voice next to me said, Excuse me and I thought, Oh, I'm gonna get told off. Uh and Alistair said, My kids and I just love your show. And oh. what he said, which is very sweet, what he said was we just love that, you, you know, you've made it a bit of fun. You've given us something, um, you know, you made it hopeful. You've given us some things to learn and some things to do. And I was like, well, you know what? You know, I just feel like we don't want to depress people, right? And he said, 
Mate, it's so stressful. It's so stressful hearing all this news. We need we need something that gives us a bit a bit of light. So yeah, I, that, that's why that's why you and I get on so well because we're both optimists, both positive people. Although I must admit, I was tested this week hearing about that Calurpa seaweed on our show. Man, oh man, that got me down. You come across that yeah. one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know that um, many of our members are quite worried about it too. So you know, to as you say, you and I. We, we always have our eye on the on the positive and, and the the opportunity for hope and action. Same for Bird of the Century. So despite our little poignant reminder, and despite I've had a, a few clapbacks yeah. <laughs> in the media this week about lack of investment in protecting our eighty two percent of our threatened native birds. You know, this is our opportunity to celebrate and have joy and have a bit of sledging and a bit of fun. Um, and you know, yes, I, I managed to make sneak on to some other some other RNZ shows. Also made it into the Guardian this week. So that's oh, quite good. that's great. Well, listen, um, early bird catches the worm, Nicola, and this week's critter <laughs> of the week is the New Zealand earthworm. Yes, and I I don't know about you, but I love an earthworm. Yeah. That's, and interestingly, I'm not a fan of slugs, but I do love an earthworm. Yeah. They have many similar qualities. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> New Zealand earthworm uh, is one of more, there are more than 200 species of earthworm here in New Zealand. Um, I am such a big, sooky, soft touch that when I take the dog for a walk um, around my local, you know, paddocks and whatnot on the main road and it's just rained, I pick all the worms that are stuck on the road up and put them on the grass on the side of the road. <laughs> you see it, eh? And you're like, I'm very busy, but all right, come on then. Yeah. So I just can't bear them getting dried out and just turning into like a licorice strap. Uh, anyway, those are not the native ones. Those are introduced. But, oh, okay. I, you know, worms have a very important role to play in both our um, natural and our pastoral landscape. So I say the more worms we save, the better. Um, so this one is... Uh, fascinating as always. Don't know if you know this, but um, the New Zealand earthworm is bioluminescent. So I'm hoping that Susie Wiles is keeping an ear out because anything bioluminescent, I think of her. So unique to Aotearoa, and uh, it is our most abundant species, um, and it is a really deep burrower. It is the one that kiwi like to um, eat, so it's really important. Uh, food source for our, you know, our national favourite bird yeah. that we call ourselves around the world. But yes, uh, its defence mechanism is excellent. So if it is disturbed or threatened or some prods it or, you know, pokes out at it, it spits out glow-in-the-dark fluid from its mouth out of its anus and out of its dorsal pores. So just just in general, just kind of goes bleh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Just a multi-directional, multi-orifice expulsion <laughs> of glow-in-the-dark substances. A multi-orifice expulsion. Wow. <laughs> um, so that actually, you stopped me in my tracks here. Yes. Yeah, uh, and it, that doesn't it, happen it, very it, often. I'll, I'll mark this one down. 4th of <laughs> August, 2023, made Nicholas Beechless. And interestingly, you sure did. Interestingly, the bioluminescence for this worm is bright orange yellow. So I'm I was surprised by that because when I think of bioluminescence, I tend to think of blues and greens, yeah. you know, things like glowworms, for example. Um, and its whole body is bioluminescent as well, which is also very cool. So and 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 so are pretty much 
all of the members of this particular worm family. Um, so it is uh, mainly found south of Manawatu, here on the east coast of the South Island and down on Rakiura. And it's found in native forests, tussock lands, pasture lands, um, things that aren't impacted too heavily by chemicals or deforestation. So probably not so much the Canterbury Plains. Mm. But they are a crucial part, actually, of um, sustainable farm management because earthworms are engineers, right? They are constantly punching through the soil. These ones live in the subsoil. So if you think about topsoil that we're all familiar with, the subsoil sits just under that and they're just cruising through, punching. with they, They've quite strong muscular heads and bums, but the middle of them is not so much. Right. Um, sort of like a skipping the, rope. Like a skipping rope, yeah, with the wooden handles. It's mm. a great example. Mm. Um, and not only are they aerating the soil underneath and, you know, providing this whole kind of thriving um, soil community below, uh, but they, you will see after a rainy day, um, you know, vermicast, the little piles of worm poo that you see on the yes, surface, yes. on your lawn. Um, that's really important for healthy soils as well. And also, interestingly, they, um, they, they kind of, as they are cruising around and lining their burrows, they, they're sliding around on mucus, as you will, and the mucus is toxic to soil bacteria, so that helps protect the worm as well. Also, they have um, – so so worms are pretty amazing things, and New Zealand worms in particular, New Zealand earthworms. I don't know if you remember the story last year of the wee boy who found the yes. giant earthworm. It yes. was like a metre long. And forever will be known as Worm Boy. Worm Boy. Loved that story. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> New Zealand's kind of um, earthworms – sort of iconic anyway, right? And as we know, they don't have eyes or ears or a nose or anything like that. They're essentially just kind of vibing out underground and feeling <laughs> all of that stuff yeah. through through their skin. I also kind of like their very pragmatic and practical approach to dating and mating. Not sure worms are that much into dating, but certainly mating. And so... As they, uh, if you think about them like a, a an underground subway, right, and they're like the living trains, uh, as they're passing each other, they have eggs, and then they have sperm packets, and so they they trade their sperm packets. So they are both they can, they have both elements, but they need the other one to swap with in order for them to breed. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So they have a a thing on the worm called a um, clitellum, which is the, um, careful how you say that, Nicola. Interesting, yeah. Which is the the dark band that you see on earthworms, the middle of the body, that's like a, a saddle. And it's basically, that's the, 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 like almost like a pouch where they hold their eggs. And so they're cruising around, swapping sperm, tucking it in with their eggs, and then the whole beautiful earthworm circle, circle of life starts all over again. Interestingly, as as um, we've been chatting, I've been having a look at this. Um, have you ever come across the Science Learning Hub? Yes, love yeah. Science Learning Hub. They have a beautiful photo which demonstrates the uh, depth of the soil and which worms you find at which depth, um, including a compost pile where you find the tiger worm. And I see that this one, uh, Octoketus multiporus, is right at the bottom. Yes, which is... Kind of interesting to me in terms of being a 
food source for kiwi. Yeah, exactly. Moving around up and down, uh, particularly at night. But interesting that you you mentioned the compost worms. I actually, I get get a a big, I get a lot of joy out of my compost. My husband doesn't because he's terrified of rats, as we all know, because I like to out him um, (laughs) fairly regularly. I like to go and take the lid off and look at the worms there. Those um, compost worms quite highly sought after um and yeah. lily who helps us out says my friend runs an urban community garden in christchurch and had a worm thief who stole all the worms what? and the food scraps from their worm oh farm. gosh how does the tiger worm get into the compost that's what i never worked out i don't know but there i mean i found some on the top of yeah. mine the other day it was pretty that's decent a, that's a chat for another yeah. time uh, unbelievably we're out of time already nicola was there anything vital to tell us before you rate this uh, new zealand earthworm on a scale of one to ten Oh, no, just that I forgot to tell you that it's 30, it can be 30 centimetres long. So not as big as the, you know, worm boy's worm, but that's a, it's a foot long worm. That's a, that's a decent sort of a worm. So if you are, um, you know, a, a worm aficionado and you come across one, that's probably what you're looking at. Great stuff. Be honest. On a scale of 1 to 10, a 30 centimetre worm found deep underground. Nicola, what are you going to say? I mean... It gets two extra points because I, I do love me and earthworm and all the beautiful things they do for our, our ecosystem that we probably couldn't survive without them, right? We wouldn't be able to eat because we wouldn't be able to produce food. So that gets to three. <laughs> Hasn't been a good few weeks for the uh, native species of New Zealand, eh? It's been ages since we're over five, I think. Uh, I mean, that's basically because you spent the first half of the year telling me off for um, giving bumping up their scores, so now, yeah. now I've had to calibrate. Yeah, good, good. Happens to me as well as a restaurant reviewer after a few weeks. I'm like, hang on a second, mate, you're getting too generous. What do they call it? Score inflation. <laughs> Great inflation. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Nicola. People can check it out on the website rnz.co.nz slash jesse. Have a great weekend. Same to you. Thanks, Jesse. And Wallace Chapman's next with the panel. See you Monday.